and yet again I hope you can read the title, The Road Less Travelled. And I'm going to start off like this. There's a reason that they cloned a sheep. So are you going to be a sheep or are you going to be the shepherd? Are you going to lead the pack or are you going to be led? And tying into that is the poem by Robert Frost that is titled The Road Not Taken. Somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in the wood. And I, I took the one less travelled by. And that has made all the difference. So today I've got a special guest on this episode again, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. Hi, my name is Philip Zeidler. Um, I'm from Namibia and just competed at the Olympic Games for 10 kilometer open water swimming. Yeah, so I started swimming at the age of five. Um, the reason was because I broke my arm really badly, like, but I like had lost like 15% hand function. So my mom thought, hey, it's a good idea to do as a rehab, to let the kids swim, to build up back the muscles, like in his shoulder and arm. So I swam the first two weeks with like a learn to swim coach, but she, her name was June Owen Smith. And she's hard schooled from my local town, which is called Swakopmund. It's in Namibia, it's a coastal town. And yeah, I swam with or I learned to swim by her for like two weeks. And then she entered me in my first race with a broken arm. So she cut my my cast off. And when I was called, I started, I swam my first like like race. And then she actually saw that I had a lot of potential in swimming. And from there it was just history. So then at the age of 12, I broke my first Namibian record in South Africa, where I competed in the 400 meter freestyle in the pool. And um, afterwards, June, um, she retired because she got too old. So my mom took over the coaching and I joined a different swimming club called Dolphin Swimming Club. And they located in a different city, um, which is the capital of Namibia called Vintuk. And it's called, I joined that club, but I trained in my coastal town, Swakopmund, with my mom. And from there, I just knew I wanted to one day do like the Olympics and like, especially like for longer distances, because we just saw like, if I just swim, always if I swam further, I got better and I was better positioned in like races. And then like, finally, when I was in grade 10, I started swimming five kilometer open water races. For all of you that don't know open water swimming, open water swimming is swimming in like dams, rivers, seas, you know, and not in the pool, nothing including the pool. <laughs> I like eventually got really good in swimming five kilometers open water and how it's called. It felt like to easy for me or like it didn't feel like a challenge anymore for me so I was like I want to jump over to 10 kilometers so I started swimming 10 kilometers and actually got quite good in it and just started improving doing like world cups and world championships and then eventually I like qualified for the Olympics for it but um, I always had the dream of going to the Olympics from a young age so I worked for like eight years just to like actually achieve a goal you know but I just didn't know if I'm going to qualify for the Olympics for like a thousand five hundred meters distance in the pool or if it's going to be for the 10 kilometer but when i started then in grade 10 swimming the five kilometers i just knew okay i'm definitely gonna probably one day or i want to qualify one day for the 10 kilometer open water event for the olympics so i just trained literally for that one specific race and like this year i like qualified and made it to the olympics how was that experience because i mean i don't think many people are going to get to the olympics you know (laughs) Yeah, like um, you're the 
big experience. It's like all the hard work, like the journey is so difficult. You know, it's not always like a easy road to your goal because you're going to always have like ups and downs, you know, and um, there's most probably going to be more downs than ups. But like if you have a fixed big goal in front of you, like you will do anything, no matter what it takes to make that dream happen. And then once you land in Tokyo where the Olympics were this year, everything you went through, all the pain, all the hours where you didn't want to train, all the sacrifices you did like um, not going partying with your friends on Friday Saturdays nights because you're going to get unfit or you need to train again like on sun, um, Mondays and stuff like that like all paid off and it was like probably the best experience I had my entire life it, it was incredible like see that yo the perseverance for that though and I mean I guess that eventually leads us to the whole or the title of the episode being the road less traveled and there's sacrifices it's perseverance and it's it's a mindset like for me obviously with rugby and even business and that like there's times when you're sitting there and you're like geez i can't even see the the way forward you know it's like you're just staring into an abyss but what your mindset obviously pulled you through right I don't know because mine exactly yeah like it's um how you say it like it's just like you have to have like a big goal but like you can't just have a big goal you have to have like small goals in order to achieve those big goals you know so you can't just have like okay I want to go to Olympics you have to have like small goals like okay I need to swim this time this end of this year or I need to come this position next year in the world championships but you know okay I'm on the right track because sometimes even if you don't achieve a small goal then you can actually make another goal and say okay where did I go wrong you know you like analyze the past what you did and you like just analyze it and see okay I did this wrong. Okay, I need to change this. Then I can actually achieve that other goal again. And then I'm on the right track again to like the bigger goal. And that's also like how you say it with, it's like just not like for like athletes like us. It's also like in the business world or like just any person that has goals, you always have to have like smaller goals in order to achieve like the bigger goal. Yeah, I guess breaking. Well, look, I mean, yeah, like you said, okay, obviously with the rugby as well. I mean, it's not really relevant to me anymore in the sense of rugby, but yeah, I know there's a lot of people out there that are striving to be athletes as well. So we'll start there. But I mean, yeah, for me, it's like, okay, cool. You finish school or whatever, you know, school's relatively easy. I'm sorry. Like in a, in a yeah, team sports is. environment, it's all a bunch of rubbish anyway at school. Like it's not realistic in the sense of okay cool you didn't play first team at school now it's like the end of the road i mean i understand for swimming and i understand it's you like obviously there's politics involved you know absolutely yeah yeah we won't get into that but there's all the (laughs) other politics involved with the government and that rubbish but i mean pretty much it rests on you like if you don't get the time then you don't get the time and i guess that teaches your responsibility as well but going back to the the rugby thing and school and stuff i played first team in grade 11 yeah obviously you you sort of assume you're like okay cool matric is the year i'm the big boy now and um I'm going to play first team, obviously. I haven't really spoken about it on the podcast before, but I've spoken about it somewhere else. Look, I don't rest on what other people say. So if someone says to me, oh, yeah, dude, I'm going to give you a contract worth a million rand, you can't really rest yeah. on that because you're just going to become stagnant or whatever, and it's going to distract you. And what happens when it falls through? But anyway, so then exactly. I don't know if you know what Craven Week is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there was rumors or murmurings or whatever you want to call it about me playing Craven Week and stuff. And... It's all good and well they said that, but then the first team coach had some random issue with me. He said I was arrogant and whatever, which is not me. For the people that really know me, I'm not arrogant. Yeah. I really am not. <laughs> like, I mean, 
I'm confident. Yeah, you don't even sound arrogant, so. Yeah, and I mean, even in school, like in school, I was focused and determined on the rugby, like on achieving in the rugby, but I was quiet. I was really like withdrawn. So I stood up for certain things, but if I didn't need to speak, I didn't speak at all. And this coach came and he's like, and he said to his assistant coach, which eventually spoke to my dad about it or made a comment to my dad after I'd left the school, that no, I was arrogant and rude and all of this. Anyway, fast forward, um, I came to Pretoria to study and I was in a solid degree in that. It was a good degree. I wish I was still there, but anyway. um, (laughs) (laughs) But ultimately as well, it was to play rugby. So I can remember arriving with my mom at the rugby offices slash house or whatever and going to a coach there and explaining the whole story to him. Just, you know, give me an opportunity. Give me an opportunity. I played under 21s that year, which... I mean, there's a huge jump from school. It's scary in a yeah, way. You're playing like, you're still a small boy. Big guys. Yeah. yeah. You're a small boy. You thought you were the big fish. And it's so true. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. You think you're the big fish in school and then you get into the real world. And whatever. It taught me a lot of things. It taught me a lot about myself, my abilities, you know, my belief in myself. Because you have to believe in yourself yeah. in those situations. Of course. Because number one, the coach is not going to pick you. Number two, you're going to get absolutely murdered by every 21-year-old that you're playing against if you don't believe in yourself and um yeah anyway did that and breakthrough happened at the end of 2018 because that was my first year and i got put into the junior varsity cup squad for six you know i really pushed like i'd really pushed myself that year like i went and approached the senior conditioning coach and said i wanted to join his training sessions whatever at his gym called the dungeon i mean he trained quite a few Olympic athletes and that like Cameron Vandenberg and all of them. And I joined him and that really elevated my training and my attitude and that. And then 2019 came, played Junior Varsity Cup. Eventually we got to the semi-final and we played Marty's away and we got absolutely murdered, which was disappointing. Anyway, from there on out, I carried on training, carried on training. I got put into the Senior Varsity Cup squad and it was like, okay, wow, now things are really falling into place. Then 2020 came, it was right in the beginning of January. So, I mean, you're making those sacrifices and you'll know these sacrifices where yeah literally you leave on like the 15th of december and it's like okay listen but you have to be back on the 2nd of january and we ended up playing against the bulls at home here at the tuck stadium got absolutely smashed but a lot of good things came out of that okay yo i'm just talking about the games where we got absolutely destroyed but anyway a lot of good came out of that and a lot of exposure and again those supposed murmurings and all of that stuff and i think i've spoke about it in another podcast but a lot of opportunities presented themselves well when lockdown came i took that as an opportunity to leave rugby because of pressure that was put on me self-pressure whatever self-perceived pressure all of that stuff but anyway it's just my point of all of this is there's sacrifices you know the the road less traveled and for any like school kid or aspiring athlete out there and I mean, you've already vouched for this. There's sacrifices. There's sacrifices. There's mindsets. You know, you have to be willing to break down that big goal into smaller goals, which I, I don't know if this is correct or not, but it's almost like people aren't willing to break down that big goal into smaller goals because they just want their cake like now and they want their cake. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, that's so true. Um, people want the easy roads. But it's actually like a really good cook quote from Kevin Hart if I can maybe quickly tell it it's it's called everybody wants to be famous but nobody wants to do the work you grind hard so you can play hard at the end of the day you put all the work in and eventually it will pay off it could be in a year it could be in 30 years 
eventually your hard work will pay off. And that's how you said they all want to be um, now. They all want to have a, like a big goal now. And they can't, like, sometimes it takes time, you know, like, for instance, my, um, my Olympic journey, it took me eight years to finally like qualify for Olympics. So it's like just not giving up and having the small goals and just believing in yourself. So, and it's also like how you say it, like, with your journey and like also with other people's journey it's also like if you go into the big world and you want to be like for instance a successful businessman you got to start off like or like in work you're going to be first like someone like a nobody in work you're going to need to build up your working experience in order to be one day like a successful um, businessman you know everything takes time and a lot of people don't want to put in the time in order to like achieve those goals yeah 100% I agree with you there I mean going into the the business thing yeah I'm not going to say the company because I really didn't enjoy it I don't want to sink them or whatever (laughs) (laughs) no I really don't want to be harsh but I mean the beginning of this year I only had I had modules left over because of sacrifices that I made for the rugby and sacrifices it might not seem like a sacrifice but to me it was um, in the sense of there were certain modules where I metaphorically had to fall on my sword. I had to fail them. I had to discontinue them due to the fact that I was making such a great sacrifice for the rugby. So this year, yeah. I only had four modules throughout the year, which really sucked, but whatever. And I started working at the same time. I was working for this company down on the other side of not even Pretoria. I mean, I think I ended up driving about 80 to 90 kilometers a day. And if someone lives in Pretoria, they'll know the traffic sucks. Anyway. Um, but I was treated at that company like absolute trash. Not by everyone, just by a select few. I'm not like worth what you labeling me. I'm worth so much more. And eventually I left the company because I was like a little kippy. And I was like, dude, I've almost got a degree, one whole degree more than you. But you're treating me as if I literally don't even know what color the sky is. What I took from that experience is invaluable. You know, the... Yeah. The little goals. So, yeah, I did achieve little goals. I mean, I was signing over a product worth millions of rands and it's like wow you know you, you haven't even done this before and it's invaluable so a little goal might not always be something so exciting and it's like okay because obviously people associate achieving a goal with like yay like a nice feeling in that and it wasn't yeah but it's little things that you achieve but it's little steps in the road that you have to do in order to um, achieve the bigger picture Exactly. And it, it might be those goals might even be painful and they might feel in a way like defeats. But again, that's where your attitude comes in. You know, are you going to take it yeah. as, as a, an asset or a liability, you know, an opportunity or an obstacle? And I mean, because yeah. you would have also had times, I'm sure, where you had this, you had little goals. So maybe it was, OK, cool. This week, I want to break this time and you didn't achieve it. And it sucks. but then you can look back and you can be like, okay, cool. This is what I did wrong. Um, Maybe my recovery wasn't good. Maybe my technique was a little bit off. Yeah, I I can't speak from experience from that point. Yeah, there's actually like, that's a good point that you mentioned. Um, So for me, for my experience, there was, I think, I believe like four years ago, I was called, I swam like a South African nationals in in pool in... um, Port Elizabeth. I was like breaking that. Um, it was like somewhere beginning of the year, like saying, I think in March. And I was breaking the year before, just records after records in Namibia, like, and just improving my time like dramatically. 
And then I thought like, okay, that's going to keep going, you know, like, because I was like having this aims and girls in front of me. And I was like coming um, into those nationals and expecting, okay, I'm going to improve all my times again. I trained so hard and whatever. And then like, I didn't, like I only, I broke, I improved one time, which was also like a Namibian record, but like all my other swims, like, I like just put so much time on. And when I was like, I came back from, I flew back to Namibia. I was like, man, this sucks. You know, like I actually want to like stop swimming. This, this was horrible. Why can't I like break my records? And it was like a learning curve, how it's called for me, because like I wanted to quit swimming, but it was because I was actually burned out just from like just training all the time. And I didn't like December, I was training free. I didn't have time, like just to like one week or two weeks to chill out. I learned a lesson that I have to take like sometimes just a small break and then like just restart again. And then like eventually, like actually, like that's like that break that I took made me come back even stronger. Almost like that I switched into like another level in my swimming career. Like I literally went into another level, like getting better and faster. And if I haven't, if I wouldn't learned that experience of just like once failing, I wouldn't probably make the Olympics even because I was in the habit of train the same and like, like if it works, it works. And then like, but like the thing is you need to sometimes change something in your um, daily routine in order to get even better because you can't stay in your comfort zone. I was staying in that comfort zone and then eventually I felt and I was like, I need to not change something. I need to maybe stretch a bit more. I need to sleep a bit earlier after like how it's called, um, just like do different stuff in training. And then eventually that worked. And then I went into like another level in my swimming career and that actually helped me also to achieve Olympics. And then the rest is history, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) No, so now, like, I don't know, like I grew up a certain way. So I've got certain values and morals that I live by. Obviously, I don't know enough about you or whatever, but I want to move it, move this more into the direction now, because obviously we've discussed the business thing and the sport thing, but more so... Because this is like an issue that I've ex- not experienced, but I've seen lately. And, you know, you seem like a decent guy. So I'm Thank sure you, you can correlate to this. But in essence, like the road less traveled in life. So this is like, a, it's a quote I just found. And it goes, do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. So, I mean, obviously, like when I die one day, I'm not going to be able to take anything with me. Like the only thing yeah. that you're going to leave people with is memories and that imprint that you've left on their life and obviously yeah, like your legacy yeah your legacy 100 percent. and i assume for most people would want you want to leave like a positive legacy you know one that can help people one that can grow people one that can stretch people i mean the fact that you're on this podcast shows a bit of that because you obviously want to help people so in the sense of the road less traveled in life leaving that positive imprint so going around and being supportive you know motivating yeah. people stuff like that like that's sort of what i want to move in the direction of now if you have anything to like add to that like i know i put you on the spot but no 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 definitely um it's good that you um talk about it it's like for everyone like um you must always remember life is like it is like a road that's why the road less traveled is such a good title and how it's called the road will always have will be smooth and it will have bumps in it so 
how I think about life is there will be good times and there will be bad times. But you must remember if you invest bad times, after each storm comes a rainbow. So you must always try to keep your mindset in a positive attitude because you will know it will eventually get better. Because some people like they struggle with like family problems or everybody has problems. 100%. It's normal for being a, if you're a human. And how it's called, um, yeah, like always remember just to stay positive and like and believe in yourself. Like a lot of people don't believe in themselves. You have to have self-belief. You must first learn yourself before you can like actually be around other people, I guess. Like it's so weird to say, but a lot like a lot of people, they doubt themselves, have, like don't love themselves and stuff. And you need to first find yourself know how you like how you are and stuff Yo, 100%, and, yeah 100 you have to you have to help yourself before you can help others exactly um, but like yeah so tying it back to the road less travel thing i think you'd also know what the average guy is like and i i related back to a male because we are males so yeah it's a lot easier to relate for example there's a guy that i know he's like vulgar he's disgusting like honestly like the way that he treats other people is with like extreme disdain. He's constantly negative and the way he treats women in general is disgusting. So let's just, let's, yeah. let's put him on par just for, um, you know, like analogy's sake as the average man, the average person. So how, how do you elevate yourself to a level where you are like a superior man, a superior person, you know, in the sense of you motivating people, you supporting them, you being positive, you being caring, protective, like, how, yeah. do, you, do you have any input on that? Like how to be that person? Yeah, like, um, there's a lot of things. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start with first um with the way he treats other people is the way is just a reflection of um, how he is feeling in the inside, which means if he treats other people bad, it means he thinks bad about himself and is and how you said is like a negative person. And the first thing is with that you need to. It's so difficult. Like I don't, I don't really know like how to change. Like but probably a way to improve his mindset and stuff is he needs to have like a daily routine first of all, because most of people don't even have like a normal routine. They just wake up don't know what to do with themselves and then how it's called um go party and stuff and that's just all negative influence they didn't they don't have like they're not driven in life so yeah. first of all you have to like i believe like having a routine every single day and then also doing a bit of like exercise because if you do a bit of exercise day like it doesn't mean you have to go to the gym or swim like 10ks or go play like soccer or whatever it's about like just going out into the fresh air, maybe walk once around the block, which takes you five minutes. And even just that will help your mindset. It will help you to be a bit more positive, you know? And um, if you if you physically feel good, then you mentally feel good, I believe. And also diet or not diet, but like not eating every day, like fast food, like yeah. try to have like a more healthier lifestyle, like home cooked meals, and like don't drink coke like in the mornings or like at all you know like just try to be a bit more healthier like because all those small little things will impact you and will actually make you feel better and if you feel better about yourself then you will also treat other people better yeah I, I, yeah i'm gonna build on that like i agree with pretty much everything you yeah. say there i think as a person i'm gonna say that guy um but 
and we're using him as like a scapegoat or an example, but also yeah. he has to acknowledge each person's basic dignity. He has exactly, to remember yeah. that the people he's speaking about, firstly, they're human. They've also got value on earth. You know, um, they got value in the world. Yeah. Secondly, karma. So you sow what you reap, like all of that. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's going to come back to you eventually. And I had this discussion with one of the girls that he was speaking about. But no, and so if he's pursuing and chasing girls the whole time, but he's speaking these disgusting things about them, he's never going to find a woman that's going to stick with him, a woman of value. You don't, yeah. you don't need a flipping party girl the rest of your life. It's not going to, it's not going to stretch you. It's not going to push you. And I think exactly a real man has to be stretched. He has to be pushed. I mean, you stretch yourself, you push yourself in the pool, you push yourself yeah. in life. You're not going to find, like, he's not going to find a decent girl. If he's going to just like bad mouth and whatever, all of them that I guess ties into the whole thing of like repercussions. I mean, for your actions, there are repercussions. That's the truth. Exactly. There's, what yeah like it's, i guess it's it's what you sow is what you reap kind of thing it's i guess it's just simple life principles you know to elevate yourself higher than the average person you know you, i don't know why you, you'd want to settle for average i mean would you have been happy as an olympic swimmer getting to a point and let's say being able to compete in the nationals and it's like okay cool this is how far i'm gonna go yeah like you always want to like strive for greatness you know yeah. And um, how it's called, like, for instance, um, for me, my goal was, okay, I have become an Olympian. So I achieved a bit. I mean, I went to Olympics with a mindset of, um, like, it can't be done now, you know, like, um, when I was, like, race, like, I can't just swim and then come last. So I was, like, I was ranked second last at the Olympics. So there were 26 swimmers, open water swimmers. I was ranked 25th. So before yeah. I jumped in, I was, like, okay i have like I, w I don't want to become second last again i actually want to improve my position so i had like it's such a pro like professional game plan built up for me from my dad and myself but i was like okay i want to improve for a few spots and like come with something better out like a better outcome you know and yeah. eventually I, I swam the race i did all my tactics and my game plan how it worked out for me what i planned to do and I came 16th of all, and I was one of the youngest swimmers, and I improved by nine positions on the world rankings. That's ridiculous. So, exactly, and like how it's called, um, it was just because I wasn't settling just for being average, or, or like just for for me, then becoming an Olympian, it sounds maybe a bit cocky, so it was like, okay, I achieved that, but like, you know, that's like now, I don't want to be, be just an average Olympian that came like second last, but, but I was ranked, and so I was like, what can I do to be even better to achieve greatness for myself, you know? And that was like improving positions. And then eventually I improved by nine positions because I just wanted it so badly. Yeah, but see, that's not even, I wouldn't even say that's cocky because yeah. honestly, cockiness, thats it's confidence because cockiness is, is a statement that's not backed up by facts. I mean, you deserve to be there. You got there. So you can say that, you know? You're good enough to get to the Olympics. Thank you're good you. enough to go like perform way better than how you or where you believe your limit is or where others believe your limit is. But yeah, time is running out of it now. So I guess we're going to have to come to a closing. So yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for being on this episode. I mean, I know a lot of people thank are going to draw 
a lot of positives from it and can learn a lot from you. Yeah, thank you also actually for imparting into my life. There's a lot of things here that I learned as well. Like I told you, I learned from speaking and interacting with other people and stuff like that. So I really appreciate it. I've learned a lot. And um, yeah, bro, I'd really love to have you on another podcast at some stage in the future. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, like how you said, it, it was also like amazing for me to like, just li- like hear your ways of like, principles of living you know and motivation and dreams because we all have like it's so it's so good to hear other people but are also driven in life with other like purposes in life so like if we can all help each other we can become all great and better you know and that's how having a positive impact in life so I just want to say thank you so much and thank you for having me on the podcast. It was amazing. I hope we can and have inspired a few other people. So if you enjoyed that episode and you took something from it, please do like, subscribe, share, support the podcast. Do what you know you should do, what you feel convicted to do. I hope you enjoyed it, as I said, and I hope you're looking forward to the next podcast episode that will come out as well. And also keep your eye out for what's going to happen on Instagram this coming Monday.